Hello, hello. Welcome back to Something Different by Reset. Today, we've got a, a really exciting episode for We're you. Back. But back. yeah, I know. We've been back. <laughs> we've been gone for a little while, but things have been very busy, good. Um, it's been a month since the apparel launched. Yes. Lifestyle by Reset finally launched and things have kept us on our toes and kept us busy, but um, we're not talking about that today. We actually have a very special guest here today, um, and I'm going to let Himesh kind of introduce her. Mihe An. I think she requires no other introduction. But. <laughs> <laughs> so Mihe and I go way back. We go back to uh, MBA school, um, and um, I think this gets back to kind of the root of the podcast, why we started it is about sharing knowledge and experiences along, uh, among other things. And, you know, I was just kind of cycling through my LinkedIn feed one day. Mihe popped up because, of course, she's a marketing genius. She's an executive. But now she's also an author. Um, so she posted about writing this book, and it's now available uh, on Amazon. If you'd like to go purchase it, we highly recommend it because yes. it's a really, ex- um, really exciting book. Um, I have lots about, of positive things to say about it. <laughs> tells you a lot about it, her experience, um, and I won't get into that right now. I'll get the the two ladies to talk about that in more detail. But um, you know, just really excited that you're here, Mihe, and really excited that you, our listeners get to hear from you uh, about this book and and more. So I'll turn it over to you for a quick little intro, if you'd like, uh, and tell us about your book and kind of why you wrote it. So hello, <laughs> yeah, my name is Mihe, as uh, Himesh introduced. Yes, I recently wrote, well, published the book. It took some time to write it and complete it. But yes, we, well, I uh, published it in May. So it's been, <laughs> it's been two months. Yeah, it's uh, time flies, uh, but yeah, two months. Wrote the book, you know, writing has always been my passion, I guess, and it is it has been a creative outlet for me. I'm a book nerd. I love reading. There are many, many books that are just beautifully written um, and ton of suggestions and recommendations and advice we can apply to our life. And whenever I had really good book in my hands, uh, I dreamt about writing my own book that is um, as good as those amazing books. And it was amazing. Um, you wrote a December. amazing book. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Last year, December, uh, early December, it was in 2022. I just decided to start writing all those voices that I had, those imposter thoughts, right? Um, You don't really have much to write about. Uh, Who are you to write a book? All all those doubts and yeah, I was sick of them. So I'm done. I'm done with those those thoughts. It may go nowhere, but until you try it, you will never know. So, yeah, I started writing and it was, it felt so good because it was my dream, right? Because I wanted to do it. All the thoughts that in my head just came out as I started writing. And of course, there were times words were not properly formed. The thoughts were in my head, but they, they were everywhere. Then I took a pause and put it aside. But other than those few moments, it was a good ride. And here we are. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty quick, really. To- it, I think I think that was a very tr- a quick turnaround for someone to write a book. Um, for my listeners, um, she actually wrote the book in four months and published it in March of 2023. So that is a big accomplishment itself. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it was May, um, yeah, May uh, 2023, but because you're right, because of the editing process and proofreading process, the actual writing time was, yes, four months, yeah. <laughs> but even just to do yes. that, that's an accomplishment itself, you know, it's it's hard to do something like that and to step outside of your comfort zone and really put yourself out there, which you did. 
I've read this book. Um, it was fantastic. It was relatable. Everything that was in there was inspirational. But at the same time, it it really made me think. A lot of the things that were there were, you know, her real life. It, she she really went in deep talking about the things that she's experienced. And I think all of us kind of, we sit back and we hide these things in our little bubble. And I feel like, Mihai, you really did, you know, it's inspirational, you know, that you put those words on a in a book. And now other people are reading about it. But it's not that they're bad things. It's things that actually will help others kind of, you know, think about their experiences and say, wait, I shouldn't stop. I should keep going as well. And I think that's what I really got from it. There are parts in this book that I can relate to in so many different ways. Um, but I obviously don't want to, you know, give away the whole book. I do want everyone to, to go and read it. It is an, it's a very, it's, it's honestly, it's very relaxing. I found it very motivational, and for me, it's like I like that kind of. It's read. an interesting story too. Yes, just like it's your, a very your background's different. Story. Where you ended up is quite different. Yeah, and how you got there is, you know, it's not typical. It's yeah, relatable, but it's not typical. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we do have a yeah, few things we want to yes. ask you about, and like mm-hmm. kind of talk about. Um. In your book, you do kind of give your readers a little background of the younger you, and how you moved from Korea to New York City to study fashion. And then what we wanted to kind of tell our listeners is like, what drew you towards studying in fashion? And how did, you know, this career path, like how was it perceived in the Asian community and the culture? Right. Yes. So before I start talking about that, um, one of the things that you just mentioned, Rika, around um, the stories that was resonating with you uh, as you were reading the book, that was one of the several reasons why I wrote the book. So one was definitely, yes, yeah, I mentioned I'm a book nerd. I, I love uh, writing and reading and it is my creative outlet. In addition to that selfish reason to just fulfill my wants and needs and desire, Another thing that I thought about was those books that I have been reading my whole life, most of them were written by like mega successful people um, out there. We know them. We know their story. Uh, Their stories are really special. But as I was reading them, yes, I was inspired and motivated and I really thanked them for sharing their stories. But at the same time, how about the other stories that are not really shared, that are not really told? I'm I'm not them. I don't really see myself in them. There should be a lot of people who feel that way. So the more stories are right shared by more people, that's a good thing. Human society, like humanity is so beautiful because of the diversity. So why don't I add a little bit of that diversity into, uh, yeah, the stories that are told. So that was one of the motivations. So, so it's great. Far, it's like, honestly, it's great. Have- totally mm-hmm. spot on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, it, it may not you. be. And thank you for. Sorry, no, continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you for bringing it up and thank you for having me here so that way more people are aware of it and hopefully they also can relate to some of the stories, if not all stories that I am telling in the, in the book and that can have a positive impact. Hopefully. Yeah, that was definitely, definitely. I think everyone, just like you said, I think everyone has their stories and in a way it's when you read someone else's story, it does, you're able to relate and say, wait, this is kind of like my story. This is kind of like what I've gone through and Hey, if she's able to do it, maybe I can do it too. And I think that's really what we're trying to do is just, if you're able to get to one person, reach out to one person, it makes a difference. 
and it makes yes. you feel like you did something. And it, it's, I don't know, for me, that's, a, that's an accomplishment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, for, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, one story that I tell in the book is um, how I moved to New York City from my hometown and from Seoul, Korea. Moved to New York City by myself when I was 19 to study fashion in in the city at Parsons, at the the fashion school. The reason why I chose fashion back then when I was 18 was I wanted to be a CEO. Even as a really young girl, I wanted to be a CEO at some point in my career. We have many family members who were in that position, uh, who started their own business and run their own business, including my dad. And I just wanted to uh, be that. And I thought a teenage me to become a CEO as a woman, which industry would be best bet? Fashion, maybe, because fashion seems to have more female population compared to other industries that I learned about. So why not fashion? That was a very simple way of teenage me uh, decided the major. And I was in a university back home in, in Seoul and at the second year, decided to move to New York City to continue studying at Parsons, given its reputation, given yeah, the weight that the degree from that school carried in the industry. That's what I did. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it just shows. In terms of. <laughs> shows the audacity yes, you had continue. at I 18. Yeah. <laughs> to, you know. Say, I want to be a CEO. I'm going to yeah. just study fashion. And oh, by the way, I'm just going to go move myself to New York City, the biggest city in the world, <laughs> by myself. <laughs> now I'm thinking, I have a daughter. She's five. Now I'm thinking, what the heck my parents were thinking to send 19-year-old daughter to New York City by alone, right? I'm, oh, so... Yeah, maybe I will do the same if that's what she wants later, given that what I stand for is like to support her in every way possible so she can test her limit and do whatever the heck she wants to do with her life. Uh, so maybe I will do the same. And I give big kudos to my parents now that I'm parent too, right? Until you become parent. I think it's a big thing. It is until you become a parent. It's a realization. (laughs) Yes. Right. And the full appreciation that you get to have for your parents. So now I'm looking back, goodness, I really need to appreciate their courage and support uh, for, for me. But it was definitely my, especially my mom, well, my dad too. Um, Mom told me, Often, when I was growing up, you shouldn't stay in a little pond. We have a saying in Korea, the frog or todd in a little pond. Don't be that. Get out to the outside of your own pond and explore. Until you do that, you cannot really grow as much. That was her point of view. And that definitely influenced how I thought about my future. And so when that time came, I, yeah, I, I will go. <laughs> and my dad, being business uh, man uh, who ran his own company, he made me write business proposal, by the way, that I don't think that I wrote about it in the book. No, it's not he in told the book. Okay, oh, so little nugget. <laughs> you want to do that? Okay, I will support you if that's what you want to do. But then you need to um, convince me. You need to write a proposal why this is the sound decision for you. So meeting me 
yeah, that's what it takes. Okay, then I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna give it to you. So I sat down and I wrote. Probably it was all bullshit, right? Like as eighteen year old. Um, but that's why I wrote it. He's testing you on your ability to talk bullshit because that's what you gotta do to kind of make it, you know. <laughs> Right, fake it until you make it, right? So I wrote it and I gave it to him. Yeah. And I saw his smirk in his face when I gave it to him. I'm sure he was, oh, goodness, it is not. But she did it. I'm proud of her. If she wants to go, right, I'm going to support her. So, yeah, I got the blessing and I went to New York. And after... 20 years I'm here <laughs> in, in Toronto. Canada. I mean, yeah. I think you give a you give a great explanation on your journey and your life from New York to the experiences you had um, while in New York and your path that led you to living in Toronto, Canada. Um, but again, you have to buy the book to hear about it all because it's amazing how she wrote it. She explains everything and it's all relatable. I really do think it's all relatable in a, in, in a different way with, and everyone's, everyone's life is different, but something that she may say may be relatable to you. And I feel like that was one thing that I was able to relate to is, you know, you took risks, you, you took a, a career path change. I mean, she, Went to fashion school, but she ended up doing her MBA at U of T where she met Himash. And, you know, like how the circle brings everyone together. Like who knew that, you know, what, what has it has it been? Five years? Six years? So, who, oh my yeah, goodness, we like graduated body, yeah. 2019. <laughs> yeah, 2019 yeah. we yeah graduated. So now. And yeah. it brought us back, right? This book brought us all back. Yeah. And yeah. we're able to. Power of a network. <laughs> Um, yes, for sure. But we even just like, you know, in the book, you talk about intuition and logic. They go hand to hand. But the biggest hurdle that one faces is finding the motive to go from intuition to logic or logically yeah. putting ideas in action kind of thing. How did you do that? And what would you recommend to right. others? Mm -hmm. Yes. The story that I wrote in the book, it was for me, it was the opposite that was a challenge. So for me, when I was in, it was in Toronto. Yeah, I was in Toronto after um, six years in New York City, I moved to Toronto. And after a few years in Toronto, I faced a, a fork in the road, whether to stay here as an immigrant and continue to shape my life here or move back home where everyone uh, is uh, in terms of my family and also closest friends. So I was 30 back then and thought, okay, this is one decision that I really cannot screw up because at 30, I thought it will shape a lot of decisions in the future, uh, not just one decision and that's it. It will impact, it will have big impact on everything that I do going forward. So I shouldn't really screw this up. With that pressure, I was so obsessed with pros and cons list. I was very much logic-based um, thinking rather than intuition. My intuition was clear. Uh, looking back, it was very clear, stay here. My gut was telling me, stay here. But because of the pressure and because of back to the Asian community that you mentioned, Rika, that um, little bit of different culture, a little bit of different responsibilities that you bear. I thought, if I were to stay here, then all those cultural norms and responsibilities and expectations, I'm not going to meet those. So 
how can I justify what my intuition is telling me when I will be failing all the other aspects of life? Life is complicated, right? It's not one-dimensional. It is multi-dimensional. So that was quite painful process that I went through, that I put myself through. So long story short, yeah, for me, it was the opposite. Yep. So, And yeah. it's crazy because I think, I think, I mean, we come from an Indian culture that is, I think, a little similar, bit similar yeah. to the Asian community. And it is, it's a lot of pressure you put on yourself, you know, and you also, mm-hmm. you go through this phase in life where you feel like you have to please everybody. But then it's like, no, no, in order for me to be successful, I need to first take care of myself and do what I need in order for me to grow and to be helpful to my family or, you know, again, at 30, at 30, you're thinking, okay, wait a minute. I'm, this is, this is it. Like, I got to make a decision. Where do I go from here? And I get it. And this is where I say it's relatable. The book is relatable because I feel like people don't talk about these things in life. And when you don't talk about it, you're holding it in and not realizing that there is so much you can do with it, right? And that's yes. when even just reading bits and pieces, I was I, I sat there and I would look back at Hemish and say, hey, she just said this. And I love that it's so personal, but it's so, um, it's real. It, it's not just, you know, an, an editor who edited it to make it sound all fancy and, you know, with big words, it's, it was you, it was you being very real. And I think that's, what's relatable. And uh, one way that I believe the reason why I was obsessed with um, the thought of, okay, you need to be logical here. Forget about your gut, forget about your intuition. What are you talking about? You need to think logically. I forced myself to do that um, for many reasons, but one is definitely imposter syndrome that I was suffering. So to your point, Rika, that when you know it's right for you, you need to move forward and sometimes make decisions for yourself, even though that decision welcomed by everyone in your life for me that was challenging because i didn't have enough confidence in me so okay i think i feel this is the right path for me but what do i know what do, what what do i know about life <laughs> you are only 30 and you don't really have shoe for so far, three decades of your life, like, come on, push it together and just think logically with your brain, not your... So, yeah, that's another pressure that I had on me, that imposter syndrome. Goodness, it's constantly haunting me every day. I try to fight it and learning more about it and think about why I am having this, why am I suffering this, and what helps me to overcome it one by one, step by step. It, it, I will not overcome it one day, just, aha, gone. It, it's not going to happen that overnight. way. It doesn't happen overnight. Yes. Yeah. So but step I think, by step. I think you have to have a little bit of, you know, that – imposter syndrome question in your mind especially if you're somebody like yourself who's intellectually curious and always wants to learn and grow because then you have to make yourself feel a little bit uncomfortable the the other hand of that is you have to have a little bit of confidence to say yeah i'm okay being here i'm okay being an imposter um you know i have the ability and the skill set to you know move forward and and grow from here so it's i think it's a it's very fine balance yes it is (laughs) like you you got to where you got to where you are in your career and you know just your life in general by doing what you did and you chose that you chose to do what you did because it was best for you and i think that's how everyone should be thinking about you know their lives i think a lot of people do get caught up in this this world of our culture 
I need to make sure I, I, you know, please everybody, or I need to make sure everyone is happy so that I can be happy. But it really isn't like that. In order to be happy yourself and be able to grow as an individual, it really does mean that you have to take a step back and do what is best for you and really come out of your own shell and figure out, okay, well, you know what? This works for me, not that. And I'm going to take that chance and I'm going to take that risk and I'm going to go that way. And if people are not okay with it, you you also have to be comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing. It's a big hand of it is if you're willing to take the risk, you also have to be, you have to be prepared for all of the lashback you're going to get for it because <laughs> that's what happens in our culture. So <laughs> it is what it is, but you take the risk and you just do it. And that's yeah. what I... And- just reading your book, that's what I took in. I was like, you know what? It's not just our culture. There are so many other cultures that have I was going to say, it's not just culture. It's, yeah. it's, it, up, it's other things. It's like other things. And the gender yes. you know, discussion and, and all yes. that, the diversity and the discussion yes. and everything. Yeah. For sure. And with... So going with our making decisions for ourselves and all, it's always with one caveat that the fact that you are making decisions, that means you are also owning the impact of your decision and owning the consequences of your decisions, right? Without knowing that and without the commitment, okay, once you make the decision, now you are going to live through your decision you are owning it. One thing that I hear and witness is that hesitation, sometimes the hesitation behind the decision is the fear of owning every aspect of the decision. So when I look back as well, the difficult decisions that I made, I think I can own the consequences but i'm not so (laughs) sure what the consequences are gonna be so maybe i should take more time yeah right um but as long as you um yeah have that with you whatever happens now going forward it is on me and i will figure shit out as i go and having that confidence that will be another key for sure. Um, so there was, I, I'm going back to the book. So there was a part in the book, which you will know when you read. Um, Mihai is a female in an executive position um, in her career. And, you know, you wrote how you only took three months of maternity leave after having your daughter. And, you know, would you have done anything diff- differently? Um, did you ever feel like you know, you had taken more time off? Did you ever feel like if you had taken time off, it would have, you know, kind of impacted your career path? I mean, as females, this is a question that we all ask ourselves. You know, we all are career, those that are career oriented and moving in that direction, you know, you always fear that, oh, I'm taking this time off. Will I, will I have to take a step back in my career path? And I think, I I think all females, fear that it's a fear that you go through so I just I wanted to ask you about that yes man the imposter syndrome comes to mind again I I think that was one of the um, reasons behind it that I can I cannot just take a year off or more than a year off in Canada, you you can extend your mat leave to 18 months. So if I do that, will I be okay? Um, That that fear was there. But will I do it again the same way? Will I do anything differently? I think I'll do it again, the same way that I did. It doesn't mean that I think everyone should do that. No. 
not at all. So I want to make it very clear that you don't have to shorten your mat leave or not taking mat leave to be able to be successful in your career. That's not what I'm saying. So please don't take it that way. Um, the one of, well, there were multiple reasons why I chose that path. One was the flexibility that I had with my career. Uh, it was before COVID time, but even before COVID, I didn't have to go into the office every day. Only occasionally I went into the office, so I was working from home. With that setup and rather flexible hours I was able to do with the, the work, the type of work that I, I do, I was able to nurse my kid, uh, breastfeed my kid. I was able to have either my mom as a help uh, in the house with me. I'm working from home and with me, my mom's there. Uh, or having a nanny again in the house with me. Sometimes my husband also worked from home. So my husband was also there. So multiple people were there with different type um, of the break schedule. We could make it work. And I had so much energy to manage that. And sometimes I travel to the office with my kid and my uh, nanny to the office when I had meetings and they were hanging out in the office when I had meetings. So those flexibilities, not everyone has with the different types of jobs and roles that they play, right? So that was definitely um, luxury in a way that I that I had. So um, that was one. And it even with my Kate, on my lap and in my arms, breastfeeding and also co-sleeping or whatnot, I was still able to work on my phone. <laughs> I was able to work on my laptop. It never and ends, I just right? felt, <laughs> yeah, it, well, it is doable. It is doable. And I'm enjoying doing multiple things. Uh, so why not trying it? And I tried it and it just worked out for me. So again, this is, for, for me, it worked out. I talked to many successful women before and after my own um, pregnancy and birth uh, experience. Some did choose to take long mat leave and still thrive in their career after doing that. Some uh, folks wanted to work throughout um, the experience. So it's all, it all depends on what you, what your circumstance allows you to do and what you'd like to do in your life. Um, so yeah, so if this resonates with you and that's what you want to do, don't feel guilty for making that decision. Again, owning your decision. It, many things that I heard when I was making that decision what is wrong with you type comment that I heard from other folks? Well, your baby needs you and you can take 12 month or 18 month mat leave. Why you're not taking it? You are mom, right? That the guilt that people were trying to push on me. And sometimes I thought maybe something is wrong with me. Like, why do I feel this? Yeah. It's the mom um, so, shame, right? Everyone is always mom shaming about the fact that, oh, you're choosing yeah, to do this over taking yeah. care of your children. And it's sometimes you yeah. can do it all or sometimes you have to do it in order for you to be okay to be there for your child. It it, it just, everyone's, mm -hmm. everyone's life is different. And you were able to do this, yes. which is obviously, to me, that's very inspirational. And it's also, that is, you're super mom. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, no, I, yeah, there definitely some, some things have to give, like you, right, um, in life, you cannot have everything, like for, for me, back to the decision that I decided to stay here, um, one thing that 
I knew even before getting married and having kids, I'm not going to have that uh, expensive network here who can give hands, who can give us hands when we need uh, with young kids and all. I knew that. And that was definitely a burden. It was time to time difficult to juggle everything between my husband and I, just two of us with young child. And it still go, goes, right? I mean, I, look, I this, is, this is something we were, we were able to relate with, right? I, we, we ourselves set ourselves up in a way where we were both in our careers, but we also told ourselves, we are having kids. We are going to take care of our kids. We are going to be able to do this and we need to be able to do this without help. And this also goes back to a discussion that's in your book about, I took on this, this feeling of, I have to do it all. And I have, I, I, I wanted to be a perfectionist about everything and anything. And I, I needed to do it. I didn't need help. Um, and I, I did, I took that on. I, I, raised my two kids. We're still raising our two kids by ourselves because we did move away and we don't have a lot of help, but it, it makes owned, you think. We own the decision. We own the decision. <laughs> we do. We really do own the decision and the consequences. But yes. again, relating back to your book, it is something that you think about now and you think about the fact that if, you know, it's not, yes, you can, you feel that little guilt of like, oh, I'm going to ask somebody for help. But at the end of the day, that person isn't going to think it's, they're, they're more than willing to help, but you have this thing instilled in your head saying, mm-hmm. oh, they're probably just going to be like, oh, now she needs my help, you know? And you have this like something talking to you, telling you that it's negative, but really it's not. Yes. It's just seeking a little mm-hmm. help to get you through whatever you're doing or just so that you're able to take two meetings, let's say, <laughs> and you just need somebody to watch your kids for two hours, you know? But again, it just it really yeah. I was able to relate. I was able to relate to some of the discussions that you talk about in your book. And that's why I'm trying to tell people to read it. Especially moms. I feel like more and more moms go through this. Um, and it's it's like if you're able to kind of understand it, also own up to the things that you've done, but be able to kind of move past it and realize, okay, this is the next thing I need to do, then it's like, oh, okay, you're able to get past these things and kind of focus on the next, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes, yes. And I talk about in the book, asking help, asking for help. For sure, I, I talk about it because I struggle with it still, um, like you said, because, and talk about it in the book in a way that asking for help creates community. Because people usually want to help because that makes them feel good. Because when we think about how, right, our humans, our brain works, when we are in the, in the position of being able to provide help, that's very fulfilling in, in a way. We feel useful, we feel good, we're contributing, and we feel more love and support for the person that we are helping. And that, again, is a positive thing psychologically. So it's all in all good. Of course, you don't want to be the quote-unquote needy one who always need help, who cannot be independent. That's a different story. That is a completely different story. But as long as it is done in, in a respectful way, that helps create our own community. So it took me a long time to realize that and to get to a point to time to time ask help. Still, I struggle with it. But yeah, ask, ask, ask for help when you admitted it. it. I only admitted it to myself when I read your book. So honestly, (laughs) this was only two months ago, let's say. And I said, (laughs) Okay, she makes sense. Yeah, this is what I need to start doing. Especially because Hemish is traveling more, so I'm 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 home with the kids a lot. 
So it's, that's when you think about yeah. it and you're like, you know, if I had just somebody here for two hours so I could run out and do something without taking two kids with me everywhere I'm going, yeah. it would be nice, you know? Yes. Um, but it did. It's a reality check in a sense too, is that, you know, a little help goes a long way. And if you're able to yes. understand that, then you're able to move past that and actually ask for the help. So that's where I'm trying to get at. And I think a lot of females, mothers do, and it could be fathers as well, because, you know, there are mm-hmm. there are fathers out there too that can relate to this where they don't, they don't understand or can comprehend the fact that they need help. You know, some of us don't. Yep. It yep. takes, it takes one other person's experience for you to realize that, hey, maybe I well, should yeah. be doing this. Might, or, that might work. You know, <laughs> and that's really what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so another thing in your book you do write about, and you don't really go into it. You kind of just throw it in the book. And it is, you mentioned that you wrote a children's book as part of your final thesis in university. Can you tell us about that? And then can you, like, are our readers expecting something from you (laughs) soon? I don't know. (laughs) Right. That that question brings lots of thought, actually. One challenge, so before I talk about children's book, I do this often, right? when you ask a question, I don't answer that question, but I just talk about whatever I want to talk about and then come back to the question. So let me do that again. Okay. That, so, it's, it's okay. That's okay. Children's book. <laughs> it works. It rounds out the answer, you know. It, leads, it, it gives you yes. like a lead in to the answer. <laughs> That's why you're such yeah. a great storyteller, you know. <laughs> Another challenge that I have had and recently realizing that it wasn't really a challenge. Well, it was a challenge back then when I was going through it. But now looking back, it was more of an opportunity than a challenge. What I mean by that is, so yes, I wrote a children's book as my undergrad thesis. We had this year-long course. And throughout the year, we developed thesis and we got to choose the medium uh, format, how we are going to talk about the year-long research in what format. So I chose children's book as the format to tell the story of my research and my finding and so on. So the research was about... um, sustainable city design and how we can educate the initiatives that the cities and towns are undertaking to the public. So that way, uh, more participation uh, from the public. So did research around New York City's recycling program and Toronto's recycling program and compared the two different cities and talked about that finding in a children's book format to educate the children around the impact of not participating in those activities and and so on. And from there, after working in fashion industry in New York City for a few years, I decided to move to Toronto, Canada, which is uh, um, another story which I tell in in the book a little bit. After I decided to move here, um, instead of going into fashion again, I, after a few years, I thought, okay, this is not really for me. I do not want to grow my career in fashion. So now what? And I decided to go into master's program in environmental studies to continue my research around the sustainability. Stuff. So I did. And as I was studying, for that program, I wrote about uh, climate change and social justice, so climate justice, how climate change is affecting um, the our population, worldwide population, differently. The least have and the least, the people who contributed the least 
to climate change are suffering the most. So the whole social injustice is repeating in that uh, format, the uh, climate change of uh, yeah format. So I wrote about it, and now look at where I am. I'm in IT. I'm in tech industry. After the degree, I went into renewable energy and energy sector, and now I'm IT. So looking back my career, I often thought, why can't I stick with something and just stay there, figure something <laughs> out early on and stay there. By the time, like when I turned 30, where, when I was having trouble deciding what, whether to stay here or moving home, many of my friends who figured out early on at 23 or 24, whenever they graduated, they now have six years of career under their belt. Depending on the industry they went into, they accumulated enough wealth for their themselves to do whatever the next, and I, like I'm, I'm a loser. Like, why am I so lost? Why, why so many different things? But now I'm realizing. Okay, I wrote a book that's not about sustainability, not about climate change, not about any of the things that I did. Completely different topic that I wrote about. But book is something that I writing something that I love doing. So I wrote a book and you are asking me about the children's book because I wrote a book and it's right. So back to that. So your question really encouraged me to think about, yeah, I wrote a book back then too. I never really thought about it when I was writing this book, but yes, I did. And in my position as an executive in a, uh, in tech sector, I am a vice president of marketing. But because of my passion for social justice, um, I have many passion projects that I take on. And this social justice and the gender equity and and so on that I thought about and I worked on, I studied, all of those are helping me right now in my position to help our people, help the company that I'm working for, and help the industry in general, so all coming like back to me in a positive way. Everything that I did, all those things that I kind of was shamed of myself for, <laughs> now <laughs> they are all right. Valuable. It's valuable. So, yes, life is funny that way. So. Yeah, many, many interns and students that I mentor, they have common questions that they ask. I'm lost. I don't know what's next for me. I think my friends figured out when I look at their social media, they, but I'm, I'm lost. What am I supposed to do? So my advice to them is it's, completely normal to feel lost many more people than you realize feel lost and being lost is in a way a good thing yep. it is a good yep. thing yeah. then you get to right get out of your comfort zone and you can test your limit and you can try more things and that at least from my experience will be value add not that in your life going forward so yeah long way to answer <laughs> no but that no. Was like it's it's so again yeah it's like you said it's relatable it's because relatable. you know in your in your case all the things that you know make me hey me hey you know you want to be busy you want to do different things you have all these passion projects it all comes around at some point in your life to figure you know to to become it becomes valuable as information, as an experience, something yeah. that you can use um, later in your life. So that's it's, it's very interesting to It hear. is. But if you think about it, and I, this is just kind of off topic, but it's like in general, a lot of people are looking for inspirational, motivational books to read. Yeah. And they're in trying to find an answer. Like, like you said, people feel lost, but they 
it's like a sense of like shame. I feel like people feel like they're embarrassed about the fact that they're lost. And then they're trying to find answers and things that they're reading or somewhat. You said again that you had, you had, um, people come to you and say, you know, oh, our friends look like they figured things out on social media. Social media is, is not the real life of someone. You know, a lot of people post things to cover up their life or they show that their life is fabulous, but they may be lost as well. And I think that's, that's something that is out there. That is, that is something that people, they just, they're just not comfortable telling others that they're lost or that they need help or that maybe a discussion like this that they hear over a podcast might make them realize, hey, maybe I need to do this. Wait, or, I wrote a book too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But anyways, um, I think we kind of talked about a lot of things and I, I honestly, I, I will tell everyone, I want you guys to go read this because it yep. is something that I've, I've deeply felt connected with and I was able to, I wasn't able to stop. So I will tell you right now, I read it in one sitting, um, because <laughs> I needed to read it. I needed to know what was next. And I myself love reading books that are motivational and inspirational and, so it was just something that I could relate to. And it was like, okay, what did she do to help her with this? And so it was like, okay, I got to read it. I need to know. Um, but just, you know, if you've got a few minutes, you know, even 10 minutes at night before going to bed and you want to read something, this is definitely a, something you need to go and buy. Um, Mia, you wrote it perfectly. And I know it's called Perfectly Incomplete, but <laughs> we're hoping to hear, you know, another story from you, another book oh, yeah. coming soon. I really do. I will be the first one oh, to yeah. buy it. You know it. Um, and we'll have you back again for the next one. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, I but think we can have many, many conversations. Yeah. <laughs> And if anyone, you know, anyone listening, <laughs> of course, if anyone listening, do you have questions or anything for me? Hey, you're more than welcome to send us an email um, and we can relay the questions or anything that you have to talk about. We can let me hey know. But at the same time, guys, you can buy the book at Amazon.com or Amazon.ca. And we'll also put the link um, under the the podcast the description, um, yeah. description so you can go ahead and purchase it directly from the description as well um Mihai, we really enjoyed having this discussion with you today and hopefully we'll have you back soon um anything else you wanted to, yeah. to highlight um no uh, other than that i admire you too for the decisions that you have made to create the life that you want for yourselves and for your kids. It is very inspiring and admirable. So, yeah, I'll, I will leave it at that. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you for being you. Uh, you are an inspiration. So thank you for being you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mihai, and just thanks again for doing this. Again, to our listeners, we are open to, you know, having discussions with other collabs and just talking about things that are different, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about something different in our next episode. Thanks again for tuning in today. Yep. Bye.